welcome back to Friend Crush. I'm your host, Amber Akilla. This is my podcast where I talk about stuff and things, cute, chaotic, and critical thinking. I am a DJ slash creative consultant. You can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at Amber Akilla. And you can follow me on Spotify and SoundCloud for mixes and playlists at Amber Akilla. I am very grateful for all the feedback I've been receiving for the latest episodes. So thank you so much. It's very affirming when people send feedback because, yeah, it's like kind of wild that people even listen to me talk into the air. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I love when people tweet at me as well. I feel famous. (laughs) Um, But yeah, keep sending me feedback, please and any like ideas that you might have for future topics because one thing that I can do is talk shit like listen to my voice today I'm sounding a little bit croaky it's giving a little bit of vocal fry so I apologize in advance but let's just run with it so I hope everyone is doing well let's take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth Today's topic is breadcrumbing and orbiting. And I guess we're going to talk about it specifically in the context of romantic relationships because I feel like that's what resonates with people the most. But I do think that this can apply to other relationship dynamics like friendship, potential work relationships. You know, I think these things are just like descriptions for human behavior. And then depending on the context, depending on the parties involved it will determine like whether it's healthy or unhealthy or like having a positive or negative or neutral influence on people's lives so I want to preface with that because I think automatically when we are discussing any types of behaviors that kind of create ambiguity in our lives it's we have a bias to just be like it's bad people that do that are bad and I think that when you can take like a neutral kind of starting point and just be like, okay, this is just thing, something that people do. Anybody of any gender could be guilty of this. It doesn't necessarily make them a bad person, but we can learn about what these dynamics mean or how they affect us. And then we can sort of like, just be more intentional with how we respond if it's affecting us in any way, or if we notice that it's something that we're doing and is what we're doing in line with what our goals for ourselves are and like everybody's goals are going to be different everybody's standards are going to be different but I feel like the most important thing is to take the time to figure out like what it is that you want what your standards are and then figure out how you can act accordingly and in a way that means that like you're forward moving but also flexible and open to changing those standards at any time and yeah like kind of it's a hard balance to strike, honestly. And I feel like it's our life's work, you know, like just because I recognize that it's a balance that needs to be struck doesn't mean that I've necessarily been able to maintain it flawlessly. I've definitely learned a lot of things the hard way. (laughs) So I'm speaking from experience a lot of the time, but I do think that, yeah, we can take a neutral kind of approach. And if it's affecting us negatively, when we're on the receiving end of these behaviors, or when we're participating in these behaviors, then we can sort of figure out what our approach is going to be. So without further ado, breadcrumbing and orbiting. 
Okay, so I did a very superficial kind of Google search for both of these terms, and we're just going to run with the top result for both of these definitions. So for breadcrumbing, I've taken this definition from brides.com, everything you need to know about breadcrumbing according to a relationship expert. And breadcrumbing is defined as the act of sending out flirtatious but non-committal social signals i.e. breadcrumbs, in order to lure a romantic partner in without expending much effort. In other words, it's leading someone on. That's breadcrumbing. Okay, and then for orbiting, I'm using an article from menshealth.com. So we have one women-targeted platform and one male-targeted platform. (laughs) Orbiting is similar to ghosting, but it's when you break off direct contact with someone that you're dating, but you continue to engage with their content on social media. You might like their Instagram posts, favorite their tweets, watch their Snapchat or whatever. Does, do people even use Snapchat? Does anyone over the age of 21 use Snapchat? Not me. So yeah, those are the two definitions. And I think I can actually pull from both of these articles And I'll link them both in the description as well, but they do provide like a good general guide. And they're also kind of in line with how I feel like you can deal with these two things. I personally try to stray away from making like a moral judgment because I don't feel like it's particularly helpful to say like, oh, if you breadcrumb, you're a bad person. If you orbit, you're a bad person. Like I just don't think it's that simple. A lot of people have no awareness of what they're doing and the impact that it might have because they're acting from such a selfish place. And Any one of us can be guilty of that regardless of what gender you are, including me. And I think for me, the goal is to encourage awareness, encourage people to be intentional in order to be able to be authentic, which is essentially having your values and your desires align with your choices and your actions. So easier said than done, but we're trying our best. That is our life's work in my opinion. And yeah, I think that these sorts of behaviors can manifest in like a neutral way or they can manifest in a negative way. I mean, rarely would they manifest in a positive way because I do think there's a difference between breadcrumbing and just like flirting in general. You know, like I think I've said before that I think the ability to flirt and have fun is important to human connection and not all flirting has to be like sexually charged if you know what I mean like and it's okay I think for people to maintain like a little bit of superficial flirting in their life regardless of whether they're in a relationship or not and just know what your boundaries are and what your partner's boundaries are if you're in a relationship but yeah I think it's okay to flirt But like when you start flirting with the intention to pursue or to deceive, then that's like a slippery slope and just something to be aware of, in my opinion, you know, because I think it's fun to be flirty. (laughs) People need to lighten up and flirting doesn't have to be sexually charged. Okay, you can just be, you know, I don't know. It's just part of banter, in my opinion. And I do think that that's different to breadcrumbing, which can take on maybe a more sinister sort of vibe. And orbiting also like sometimes I think it just happens by chance that people are looking at your social media or you're looking at other people's social media. And then other times it's like, okay, you're doing like psychological harm to yourself by doing this or you were like intentionally going out of your way 
to view someone's stories or social media profile or engage with their social media in a way that is trying to like signal them or something. So anyway, let's start with breadcrumbing and then go into orbiting. So according to this article on brides.com, breadcrumbing is leading someone on romantically using online or electronic forums, e.g. social media or texting to keep someone's interest in you, even if you never intend to become romantically involved with them. And it's essentially an emotionally manipulative tactic designed to make someone dependent on you or vice versa, depending on the relationship dynamic. So she talks about the red flags to watch out for and the reasoning behind the manipulative behavior and then how we can navigate it. So red flags are they are less invested in getting together than you are. Breadcrumbers make plans with you but cancel or don't show up. They seem too busy for you. They might even go absent for periods of time. Another red flag, you never know where you stand with them. According to Campbell, breadcrumbers are sporadic, inconsistent, and unpredictable in their expression of interest in you. They seem warm towards you, but then turn cold. So for instance, they take a long time to respond to your messages and you can't understand or explain their behavior. You are often left confused or frustrated after interacting with them. So the reasons behind this is that their self-esteem is impacted by how much attention they can secure from other people. Although the exact reasons for behavior can vary, there are a few psychological patterns as to why people might breadcrumb. So the first is that they feel better about themselves. The more interest from others they maintain, the better they feel about themselves. They might need validation from other people. They don't feel comfortable or confident unless they get constant reassurance from others that say that they are worthy or valuable. They're narcissistic. Often these individuals have a personality characterized by narcissism as well as game playing, shallow approach to relationships, and they don't feel guilty about manipulating others and playing with people's emotions. And then they're already in a relationship. Another reason this can happen is that they are already in a relationship with someone yet are still seeking attention from others. I think that sometimes it doesn't actually matter why people do this. If you're on the receiving end of this and you feel shitty or frustrated about the situation and maybe you've tried to communicate with them or lead the dynamic in a certain in a certain direction and it's kind of failed, then that is enough to just walk away. In my opinion, like life is just too short and it shouldn't be so hard to communicate with somebody that you're I don't know, like destined to actually connect with, you know what I mean? And especially in a romantic context, it's like, what do you have to gain from this? Or what have you gained so far? Just like very small ego strokes and little dopamine hits, but no real sense of connection to them because you're kind of like still clawing, still trying to even get from this attraction illusion of attraction stage into the connection phase so like the way that I would sort of classify the different stages of escalating a connection with someone is like firstly everybody basically starts out as strangers (laughs) every guy is just some guy every girl is just some girl every person is just some person and then you meet one another And then you start building attraction in the context of a romantic relationship. It's like, okay, you're developing curiosity around each other. Okay, they're kind of cute. They're kind of cute. And then from attraction, you might go into connection, which is when 
you get each other's contact details, you start talking or flirting back and forth in the DM and text message, whatever. And I think like the level of intensity can vary. It can start very sporadic and then escalate, whatever. Like everyone's preference for how things play out can be different. Everybody's pattern can be different. Everyone's timing can be different. And I guess this is also kind of like the flirting stage too. You go from attraction into building connection, flirting, and then from there you escalate into like actually hanging out, dating. (laughs) And dating, I guess, is kind of like a umbrella term now because it encompasses situationships, hooking up, seriously dating, exclusive dating, dating around, I guess. Um, And yeah, you could fall under any of these categories or at the same time be going into like exclusive commitment to each other. And how serious a commitment between two or more people is just depends on the situation. And as long as what everybody wants is compatible with each other and it's consensual, safe, etc., then I would classify that as like healthy. And when you kind of have an imbalance of what people want, how much they want to commit to a certain relationship, one person wants something serious, one person wants something casual, then I think that's when it's like incompatible and it can get unhealthy. So that is just kind of like my approach because I don't think that at every stage in life you need to be like dating to get married, dating to have babies. Like not everybody wants that. And there's no reason why you need to pressure yourself into wanting those things if you don't feel ready for it if you're still just wanting to explore so it's fine to like casually date as long as you and the people that you're dating are aligned on the fact that it's casual or aligned on the fact that it's committed and exclusive or aligned on the fact that it's polyamorous and that it feels good and authentic to you not like oh I'm just agreeing that I am okay with this even though deep down I'm not okay with this like that is not an authentic connection so as long as it is authentic to you and them and you're sliving for a living having fun together vibing I love that when you're not acting from an authentic place when you can notice that they're not acting from an authentic place then you can sort of like take a step back and reassess so yeah I think at the end of the day it's like this kind of behavior can come from low self-esteem and I think that as much as we can be on the receiving end of this behavior we can also be the ones that are participating in it or like perpetrators of this behavior. And I feel like when I was younger, I definitely didn't have very high self-esteem. I didn't even know what self-esteem was. And if you want to learn more about self-esteem, one of my favorite books is The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon. I'll link it because the book literally like changed my life. Read the book and then reread it and do the writing exercises. And it's To me, it's like, I can't believe I didn't learn this in school. Like it's so essential to just like understanding yourself, understanding how to operate in the world and just like feel grounded in who you are and just understanding why you are the way you are or like all these other little parts of yourself that you might not have considered even affect self-esteem or make self-esteem. But yeah, I think it's quite normal for people to not have a strong sense sense of self or self-esteem and there's so many ways that we're constantly being distracted and pulled in different directions in ways that will like negatively impact our self-esteem those sorts of things only increase and become more profitable so it does take a conscious effort I think to set boundaries and to take time unplug you don't have to unplug forever but just a few hours a day 
a few hours a week even where you can just take time to yourself and reflect on what it is you truly want and not feel like you need to agree with every single perspective you see online. You need to be participating in every trend of whatever, like whether, whatever your interests are, I'm pretty sure it's, there's been like a capitalization, yes, yassification, the yassification of literally everything under the fucking sun. And it's such a fine line between just healthily enjoying something and then becoming like so entrenched and obsessed with it that you kind of like lose yourself in it. So just healthy, healthy boundaries are necessary in like all areas of life. And it gets harder and harder to set them because the lack of boundaries, like not having boundaries is rewarded, you know, in so many ways, in short-term ways that ultimately cause long-term damage. And it's fucked up that like, we have to put in this extra effort just to like maintain small shreds of joy. (laughs) But in my experience, that effort is necessary and it pays off and it kind of goes against like the dominant narrative, I guess, or like the things that are rewarded, but have faith in yourself. Okay. You don't need to look to other people or places for validation. If you can generate it from within, you're going to have a much better time and you're going to be of better service to other people too. That was my tangent. (laughs) So yeah, red flags for people to feel better about themselves the need for validation from others, they might be narcissistic, they might already be in a relationship. So the next steps. First and foremost, the solution is to work on yourself. Augment your self-esteem by engaging in activities that you excel at and by treating yourself kindly. Engage in self-care, use positive self-talk. Taking care of your own well-being is an important step in boosting your self-esteem. You set the example for how others should treat you, so don't tolerate poor treatment. Exactly. So treat others the way that you want to be treated. Treat yourself the way that you want other people to treat you. You deserve someone who is willing to give you the same amount of attention that you are willing to invest. So remember that if you are in a place in your life where you're all over the fucking shop, you wake up in the morning, you start doom scrolling, you don't have a healthy diet, you're not drinking enough water, you're not getting enough physical activity, you don't have any boundaries between work and life, you don't have time for leisure, you just rot on the couch, rot in your bed. It's okay, baby. You know, we all go through these phases. You need to, sometimes you need to hit a rock bottom or you need to have some downtime. You need to feel sorry for yourself, have a pity party. But if that's the way that you're treating yourself, it is so difficult for you to recognize, attract, appreciate people extending themselves to you. And only when you have started to put in the effort into your own life, being intentional with how you spend your time and your energy, are you step-by-step rebuilding your sense of self, building your self-esteem, and then you're going to be able to attract positive and healthy experiences when you are healthy and positive, and that's being generated from within you. And easier said than done. Everybody's circumstances and context is going to be different. So really like focus on radical acceptance of where you're at and then think about where you want to go. Be realistic about the steps that, you know, are required to get there. The effort that you might have to expend the timeline, you know, sometimes you need to adjust the timeline. I'm like, I think that I can get things done in a month or three months and they might actually take me like three or 10 years. And I used to have a tendency to like beat myself up for not being able to like achieve what I wanted 
something that would objectively take me a year (laughs) in a week or a month. You know, like we think we can go on a health kick and then magically overnight our life changes. I think this has to do with like makeover culture and this idea that like, you know, it just takes a few sessions with a hairstylist or like a manicure and a face mask and then you're a new person because of movies or whatever. But yeah, life doesn't really work that way. You actually have to be really intentional every single day (laughs) in order to change in a way that is sustainable, I think, because when you're aware of what you're doing, then I feel like you can appreciate where you've arrived at a certain point. And just remember that it just takes baby steps. You know, every day you're adding a brick to the house that is your life. And self-esteem, I feel like the way that I learned about it when I was younger is that it's just something you have or you don't have. It's just something that's high or low and you don't necessarily have any control over it. But building your sense of self and your self-esteem comes from having a positive inner narrative, which a lot of the times we really have to work on because we might be in a very negative mental space. And I think doing things like, (laughs) I always say, journaling and I love people who tell me like they started journaling because I wouldn't stop fucking talking about it but literally like you just need a two dollar a5 notebook whatever pen that you love to write with thought dump every morning if you can more mornings of the week than not and now I kind of alternate between a thought dump if I kind of feel like I'm in a bit of a funk or if I need clarity on something I just need to get some like thoughts out and then maybe another day I'll do like affirmations and like positive self-talk. And I think if you do read the six pillars of self-esteem, the writing exercises are so good. They're so helpful. And that will get you through, like that will supply you with like months of thought dump writing exercises. And I think when I was doing the writing exercises in that book, I would do like a thought dump and then I would also do the writing exercises as much as I could. And Now I'm trying to do Monday to Friday, most days, and then Saturday, Sunday, I kind of take off. But yeah, journaling is so helpful. Building your sense of self takes action and then positive self-talk, rewarding yourself. Because I think I always hear about people who want to lose weight or like want to go on a health kick, want to get fit. And they still have such negative self-talk when it comes to their exercise routine. They'll be like, oh, you know, I missed my run this morning and then I had pizza. So I'm going to punish myself by going for like a double run later tonight or like for a four hour gym session. And for me, I found that as someone who's not athletic at all, did not grow up athletic and hated exercise and did have like a really weird relationship with food and exercise like kind of in my late teens just by virtue of being a girl who went to an all-girls high school living in the world when I just make small steps like 20 minute stretch 10 minute stretch some mornings is all that I do maybe go for a walk and then I try to commit myself to like one to two pole dance classes a week at this point and then adjust according to my schedule and what my needs are and I just feel like if your job does not require you to physically look a certain way then you can really just focus on feeling good and enjoying moving your body and I think that for some of us we develop this kind of cynicism towards looking after ourselves because of the way that I don't know like 
self-care has been so commercialized and we just kind of become apathetic and it's like, I don't, I don't want to be corny like that. So my solution for anybody that's in that headspace is just like, teach yourself that being kind to yourself is actually cool. You know, apathy is not that cool because the only person who loses is you at the end of the day. When it comes to things like looking after yourself, you know, you can be apathetic towards things that ultimately like don't really affect your life in any real way, but your health is so important, especially as you get older. So yeah, baby steps when rebuilding your self-esteem. And then you get to a point where you can recognize so clearly that other people are just full of shit or that they have a low self-esteem. And it's not a reflection of you that they are behaving in this way. You know, like when I was younger, I might have accepted breadcrumbing behavior because I just, I didn't have a clear sense of who I was. I didn't have a healthy self-esteem. So I was accepting this kind of behavior or I just normalized it. And I see that happen with so many of my friends and so many people who send me like stories and questions about what they're going through. And I totally empathize. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person just because your self-esteem isn't doing so great at any point. Like it's just part of the human experience. And you might have good self-esteem one day and then, you know, a few weeks later, you're feeling shit about yourself and you pick yourself back up. Like it's such a dynamic, ever evolving thing that I think we just have to remind ourselves to work on at certain times. You know, like there are going to be periods in my life where I might not be able to do any exercise. I might be so flat out. And then I'll be like, oh my God, what am I doing? I've become so frazzled and then I have to recenter myself get my shit back in order and like that takes effort for me I'm not someone who's like naturally organized and I need to like force myself to write lists I need to make sure I'm like scheduling things in my calendar because when I was younger I was like oh I'm free spirited I can just go with the flow and it's kind of about finding a balance between those two things. Like I've found that when I can schedule things, when I do write out like a plan for the day, even if I don't do everything according to plan, if I get some things done, then I can tick things off the list and feel good about it. And then instead of beating myself up about not getting the things done that I wanted, I can be like, okay, was I realistic in thinking that I could get this done today? How can I, you know, approach scheduling in a way that's going to mean that I'm actually able to do the things that I want to do in a day and it's realistic and not like me living in some fantasy where I have like unlimited amounts of energy and focus which is just not the world or the life that I'm living right now so basically you set the example for how others should treat you so don't tolerate poor treatment if you are on the receiving end of breadcrumbing, then, and you're not feeling good about it, you're like, what, where is this going? Then <laughs> by all means, walk away. Like it has to be you to put an end to it if the other person isn't bothering to do so. And it sucks because we might be in a situation where it's like we really like someone, you know, but I just think so much of the time we are attached to an illusion in our head or the potential of what something could be. And we're not really looking at how we're being treated and we're normalizing or we're accepting less than bare minimum behavior because on some level we think that that's what we deserve or we think that we can't get any better. And until you have put in effort into yourself and been like, I know that I'm capable of doing this and that, and I've watched myself achieve things and improve at things 
and I know what it means to put in effort into my life. So I know what it looks like when someone puts effort into me and I know who I want to put effort into as well, you know, and that takes time. It took me minimum a year to get a grasp of like self-esteem, but I'm so glad that I took that time and I was really intentional with it. And I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. So I feel like if anybody wants to begin that journey, start now. Why wait any longer? Because honestly, the book is not that expensive. I have the Kindle version. I have a hard copy version I bought from a secondhand store. And yeah, notebooks are $2. Takes, what, a few hours to read a book. You can read it over the course of a few weeks, take notes, highlight things, underline things. The writing exercises might take you 10 minutes a day and it's going to make such a huge difference to your life more than obsessing over somebody who doesn't even text you back. Also, I think if you are someone and that notices that you really need attention from other people and validation from other people and you are breadcrumbing others, then it's also like the same kind of concept. It's like it doesn't feel as good as we think it does because it's more like an ego stroke and we're not actually able to achieve what we really want, which is to feel connected to people. You know, like we feel disconnected from ourselves and we have low self-esteem. So we're looking for external stimulus and we might be either accepting breadcrumbs or we might be giving breadcrumbs in order to feel better about ourselves. And I think also sometimes like you feel bad about not returning attention to people that you know or think might want attention from you. But at the end of the day, it's like move yourself out of the way from people who you have no intention of really like committing to and allow people to move out of your way who have no intention of committing to you. And it's hard because we do get attached to these mental illusions and the idea of certain things. And it's painful to let go of those things for sure. But you're only like, I would rather rip the bandaid off, you know, heal, take the time to myself, enjoy time with my friends, whatever. And then be patient and allow someone who's like actually compatible to come along. Right. Otherwise, you're just going to prolong your suffering, but it's going to be like microdosing suffering all the time to the point where you become even more disconnected from yourself than you currently are because you're allowing yourself like you're kind of chipping away at your sense of self every time you accept that behavior from someone. So when you, and it's normal to do that or to do it, but once you catch yourself feeling uncomfortable or feeling kind of empty, then that awareness is like, okay, what can we do next to be more intentional about how we move forward? And it's not always easy. It doesn't always feel good, but it's worth it because it's literally an imaginary concept in your head. Like when we're talking about breadcrumbing and orbiting, it's like you're not even in a relationship. So like the stakes are so much lower than we think. And I think also when you haven't been in a serious relationship or been treated well, you're like, this is all that's out there, but you're not going to receive anything better or even be able to notice anything better, attract anything better if you don't cut the crap if you don't take the trash out you know like how are you going to appreciate beautiful new things that you buy when your house is full of trash okay and that is a physical and spiritual analogy breadcrumbing okay next is orbiting so orbiting we're looking at the menshealth.com website 
Stop orbiting your exes on social media. We talked to a relationship expert about orbiting or liking an ex's post on social media and how it causes more harm than good. So orbiting is a dating trend that has been referred to as the new ghosting. The definition of orbiting is continuing to interact with an ex's content on social media, even if you've ceased all IRL contact with them. We talked to relationship experts about how orbiting can do real psychological harm. Orbiting is a dating trend known as the new ghosting and again widespread attention from 2018 from an essay by writer Anna Iovine. So she has an example. I hadn't thought about my college boyfriend for years when I noticed he'd viewed one of my Instagram stories. At first I didn't think much of it though I was somewhat surprised that he still followed me. He did after all break up with me via text. Ew. I did, however, find it unusual that he watched the next story I posted and the next. He's watched every single Instagram story I've posted since. This wasn't the first time I'd noticed one of my exes checking me out on social media long after we'd stopped talking. First dates that never texted me back, one night stands and even old Tinder matches who never got past the initial messaging phase have done this too. It's possible these guys just happened to see my post while scrolling through the rest of their feeds. Still, I started to get the distinct sense I was being watched and I started to feel like these guys were keeping tabs on where I was, who I was with and what I was doing even though we hadn't had any kind of direct interaction in years. Like every other social media-based trend these days, there's actually a word for this, and it's orbiting. So in dating, ghosting or orbiting is when you break off direct contact with someone you're dating, but you continue to engage with their content on social media. You like their Instagram posts, you favorite their tweets, you watch their Snapchat stories. And in an era where people are constantly keeping tabs on each other, it can be tempting to check in on an ex or a one-time hookup on social media, but I'm here to tell you, that orbiting after a breakup or even just a one-time hookup sends a very clear message and sometimes it's one that can make people really uncomfortable. Whether it's like you're on the receiving end or you're the one doing it, I don't think it matters. It's just uncomfortable either way. Of course, there are exceptions to this. If you and your ex have a cordial relationship or if you guys broke up a long time ago, there's nothing wrong with a friendly like every once in a while. But if the breakup is relatively recent or you were never even officially together in the first place and just abruptly ceased all contact and emotions are still running high, orbiting can have confusing and frustrating implications. When you're still liking somebody else's stuff, you're staying attached says Lisa Breitman, a psychotherapist and relationship specialist in New York City. You're sending a message that you're still seeing into the other person's life. Orbiting is a way of saying, I'm right here. And as Bateman explains, a breakup or any kind of break, however you define it, needs to be respected. Of course, it can be tempting to take a quick peek at your, in- at your ex's Instagram story or favorite their tweet just to let them know that you're out there and you still think they're hot. He can also be addictive because the brain regions associated with behavioral addiction are the same ones activated by creeping on photos of an ex. But the person on the receiving end might interpret your behavior differently. After a relationship ends, there's always unanswered questions. There's always things you don't know that people use social media to seek. They're looking for information or for signs. What you may see as a simple, hey, I'm still out there checking out your most recent selfie might be interpreted as an expression of interest or even a sign that you may want to get back together. What should you do if you're orbiting an ex? If you were the one who was broken up with and you're orbiting your ex because you still miss them and you want to get back together, log off ASAP. You need to literally unfriend, unfollow completely, says relationship coach and clinical psychologist Wendy Walsh, PhD. When we post on social media, we post the best pictures of us where we look like we're having the most fun. And every time you see that, you will re-injure yourself. It'll be harder for you to get over it. 
You cannot heal in the place that you were hurt, period. If you're the person who has initiated the breakup, the same advice applies, especially if you're trying to keep the other person around as a backup. Digital media has made keeping backup mates really easily, but that's not always a good thing. To avoid confusing your ex or hurting their feelings, you should stay at the very least mute their timeline for a few months to avoid interacting with their content, even if you don't want to take the drastic step of unfollowing. When you have a history with someone, interacting with them on social media calls for a little extra thought and care, even if that history was brief. Social media is a public space where real-life breakup etiquette rules apply, and if you wouldn't call up your ex IRL and tell them they looked hot on their recent vacation photos, you probably shouldn't implicitly tell them that on a Facebook or Instagram post by liking their content. How do you deal with orbiters? If one of your exes is orbiting you and it's truly bothering you, feel free to mute or block them. If it's just the occasional like or fave, unless you're actually interested in reinitiating contact or getting back together, don't respond in kind. Do not try to interpret, sorry, try not to interpret it as anything, but a reminder of their presence in the world and move on. We can't put boundaries on anybody else in anything in life. We can only put boundaries on ourselves. Yeah, I really feel like, If you are being orbited by somebody and it's bothering you, you have the option to mute, to unfollow, delete their contact. So just their number comes up or block. And I feel like if somebody has hurt you and just the thought of them causes you emotional pain, then that in and of itself is reason enough to take any one of those measures. And I think that sometimes our ego can get caught up in it and be like, oh, I don't want to look like I'm affected by this. I want to take the quote unquote high road. But the high road is choosing yourself, not choosing the perception of like how other people might see you or might not see you, especially the people who have demonstrated how little they care about you through their actions. And it's hard to have to face that reality and, and think like, oh, they're liking my pictures or they're looking at my stuff so they care about me. People that care about you will take action towards you the same way that when you care about someone, you take action towards them. And action like on social media is not (laughs) real action. You know, like you really want to be able to, if you want to be in a relationship or if you just want like genuine connection with people, it takes action outside of just back and forth messaging. It takes time to it takes time and effort to set up times to hang out to go on dates and to get to know each other and I just don't think that doing that in a digital sense is that fun for me especially during times like COVID and when we're already like more isolated than usual the relationships the physical relationships you have around you are so sacred and I think being able to really put effort into that and your relationship with yourself is going to be so much more beneficial for you because like I said all the different ways we're being distracted and having our attention just fractured all the time through the internet and being chronically online having time to yourself off a screen is a privilege and if you have If you can reorganize your day so you spend even just 10 minutes less, an hour less, two hours less in front of a screen, your life is going to be better for it. Trust me, like as somebody who's taken time off social media completely, who actively tries to avoid doom scrolling too much and doesn't want to sleep with her phone in her bedroom and I have times of the day where I don't go on social media until I do go on social media, 
nothing, you really don't miss out on much as much as you think you might. It's really just like the illusion that comes with your dopamine receptors being all fucked up (laughs) and like the literal addiction of being online that makes you think that you need to be, but more often than not, you can very easily not be on your phone. Like not that many things in life are actually that urgent when you take the time to just like exist without feeling like you need to respond and be available to everyone all the time that's just my opinion okay let me mention some submissions around bread crumbing and i posted on my instagram story so somebody replied bread crumbing usually involves guys replying to instagram stories when they're horny or sending you random pics even though they probably have no intention of actually seeing you, just a way for the dudes to remind you of their presence. This is why I'm such a fan of the remove follower button because it's not enough to unfollow them. These men don't deserve access to your life. As the bread crummy, you're like, they must still be interested in me, right? Even just a bit. Not realizing they do this to everyone and this is just how they keep women on their long line. I legit usually block hinge dudes from seeing my Instagram story now so they're not even allowed to engage in this behavior period okay and another response i think these were the most like in-depth ones i feel so so when i asked if anybody wanted me to do an episode on this somebody replied oh my god yes and i asked do you have any thoughts and feelings because my thoughts and feelings i just ignore anyone that's not putting in effort if you want to be dating And then they said, I have come to learn that after being breadcrumbed and love bombed hard by someone who has no intention of seeking anything real, I had literally never met this person IRL either, also just caught up in affection and it's momentarily validating. I'm constantly orbited by an old crush that I almost dated and I can still see him out all the time and we chat and he leaves me on red. He watches my story one second after posting, but doesn't text me back. No closure with this man. And I still crush breadcrumbing and orbiting a pure evil. Okay. So my, how I would deal with this, how I've dealt with this. If I was wanting to date somebody, if I was romantically interested in someone, or even just interested in someone on a friendship level, interested in working with somebody and they did this breadcrumbing orbiting, I just, either I'm ignoring it or I'm not placing any real value or attention on it, or I'm cutting it out. And it is hard sometimes where it's like, oh, you might have some history with somebody and your ego is like, nah, I don't want to show that I'm affected by it. Or like, I don't want to cause drama, whatever. (laughs) I always get to a point where I'm like, fuck this. And I either unfollow or remove or block. And life is always so much better after not once have I regretted something to the point where I'm like no I need to undo this and I need to follow them again I don't know like the shift that occurs is tangible (laughs) so and it's worth it I have fucking no regrets haven't checked on them since the urge to check on them is basically gone and I'm sliving for a living babes and I highly encourage it So then also like another thing is that you might place a lot of value onto these sorts of interactions with people because you're not receiving the attention that you really want. So you're just kind of settling. And I think it's important to have an abundance mindset. So I think the episode about, you know, you are hot and having fun. You are not born to be ugly or have a bad time. 
remind yourself of that in moments of frustration and be like, you know what? This is not fun. <laughs> it's not making me hotter. So what, what am I doing? And then go from there. And I think that it's very easy to get caught up in the illusion or the idea of who somebody is, you know, especially if we haven't actually spent time with them. So someone who hasn't even met this person IRL and they're talking online all the time and they're imagining what it might be like to date them. You don't actually know what it is like to date them because you have not been on a date with them or because you have been on so few dates with them that you just don't have enough data on who that person is. And the same way that they don't to you, you know, like you're actually just projecting and filling in all these gaps, whether you realize it or not, which is why journaling is important because then you can be like, damn, I'm really acting like a clown out here. (laughs) So we get attached to this idea and then we become so mentally attached to that. We lose the ability to assess the way that we're actually being treated. So the thing that I try to remind myself of, if I'm ever in a situation like this or my friends, especially, because I feel like they've just been really going through it recently. I'm just like, Do you love the idea of them and the way that they treat you or just the idea? And when you think about how they actually treat you, do you love that? Can you be in love with that? Because usually there's a huge dissonance, you know, like they'll describe this person to them, to to me, like, you know, he's a really hard worker. He's so generous. He's so kind, blah, blah, blah. And then Next sentence is about how they're gaslighting them, emotionally abusing them, invalidating their feelings, stonewalling or giving the silent treatment or like being verbally abusive or whatever. So it's like, okay, so that's actually how they treat you. When you just assess that, is that a vibe? Are you hot and having fun? No. Are you in love with that? Do you love that somebody could treat you that way? Do you really believe that someone who loves you would do that? Is that what you would do if you love somebody? I would hope not. And if you are, then you would be like, okay, I can't do this anymore if I want a healthy relationship. I mean, if you just want to be toxic, that's okay. (laughs) But just admit that to yourself and enjoy if that's the case. But obviously I'm trying to endorse for healthy connection for myself and for anyone that's listening. So you need to be able to take the trash out or let the trash take itself out. And when people don't show like active effort towards you, especially if you've given them that and they continue to just lurk you on social media. That is fan behavior, babes. And you have a fan and you can just appreciate your fan for who they are and recognize that you have an unequal dynamic and you showing up as who you are and they are showing up as who they are. You are showing up as who you are And they are showing up as who they are, but for some reason you've decided you want more from them that they can't give you, you know, like people are the way they are. And that's why radical acceptance is so important. Can you accept that they are this way? Or you kind of have no choice if you want to move on because it's like, that is where their energy is at and it's not compatible with yours and that's okay. And this is the universe showing you that that's what's going on and you know, it doesn't mean that it's easy to accept it and it can be painful as well. But when you recognize that, that's when you can free yourself. And it's like, have you ever seen somebody make a loaf of bread out of a bunch of crumbs? No, because that's not how it works. You want the bread and then you might 
turn it into crumbs later. So you get a healthy connection and it becomes not so great down the line, unless the two of you are putting in the effort to maintain this loaf of bread. But why would you start with breadcrumbs and think you can go the other way around? It's just not how it works. You know, like if you meet someone that you don't really like as a person, you're not like going out of your way to become friends with them. So it doesn't make sense for that to be the case when it comes to how you're being treated in a romantic situation, whether it's the beginning of one or after the end of one. It took me a while to realize that it's fan behavior because I think if you haven't grown up being pedestaled, then you might be subconsciously pedestaling other people without realizing and thinking that other people coming into your life is going to make your life better before you figured out how you can make your own life great. But other people might perceive you as better than them, or they might place you on a pedestal that you have no mental image of, you know, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's easier when you can just accept it for what it is and let go because I don't know. I just feel like for me, I don't mind superficial attention, but I don't place that much value on it in terms of how it defines a connection I do or don't have with someone. And in the context of dating, it's like I'm just screening anybody that's coming with that kind of energy now because I enjoy being single, firstly. (laughs) And I'm assessing like the situations and the experiences and the relationships in my life according to whether it is better or worse than being alone because I am so content and contained in who I am and it's very easy for me to tell if something is adding or taking away from my life and it doesn't mean that people who show up and in my life are perfect but it's like I can accept them for who they are and I can appreciate the relationship that we have and the nature of it And for them as an individual and me as an individual, instead of thinking that, oh, everybody in my life has to be bringing the same energy or everybody in my life has to be doing these things. It's important to have standards, but also accept people as they are. And I can do that much better because I feel much more centered and I don't place value on things that are low effort. If I want to get to know somebody, if I want to spend time with them, I will make that known. And I would hope that that's how people approach me. And for the most part, that's how it's been, or at least it's been easy to discern between what I do and don't give attention to. Like I'm not even thinking about anyone who's breadcrumbing or not breadcrumbing at this point. So yeah, it's fan behavior. And sometimes you can just accept it as that. Recognizing that the dynamic that you're hoping for with this person is just not where they're at. Or it's not compatible with where you're at. And that's okay. You don't have to take it personally. Sometimes that is just the role that other people are going to play in our lives. Sometimes that's the role that we play in other people's lives. But hopefully not forever, you know. You can break the cycle of addiction. Good luck out there, my loves. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's episode. Let me know what your thoughts and feelings are. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Spotify, SoundCloud at Amber Killer. And you can send me questions on friend.crush at friend.crush on Instagram because I want to do a question and answer sort of session at the end of future episodes. I'm going to start collecting questions to answer. Obviously, I'm not necessarily going to be able to answer everybody's question, but I'm thinking maybe like two or three 
at the end of future episodes. So send me your thoughts and yeah, stay hydrated. Tell your friends and family that you love them and go be a better person. Bye.